Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment. And we are here today with our good friend, coach, mentor, tormentor, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. It's good to see you, Dina, and our special guest today via Zoom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to introduce our special guest today yes, again? Yes, I would. Uh, Jenny Catron is with us uh, talking on the subject of women in leadership. Uh, this is our second uh, pod with Jenny on this subject. Uh, last week, she uh, just hit a home run, I think, uh, sharing some of the challenges that she faced uh, as a woman in leadership and uh, some of the things she did to, uh, you know, to work her way through that. And uh, so it was just a rich time and we're looking forward to these next 15, 20 minutes again with you, Jenny. Thanks for being here. Glad to be back. Thank you guys. So let's, let's try to pick up where we, where we left off. Uh, just as a reminder, if you hear the last one, uh, Dina and, and Jenny are both in uh, leadership. Jenny worked her way from working at a record company all the way through uh, now leading her own organization. And we've been talking, I think probably the, the, the biggest part of this has been discussing the importance of relationships. I think that's what I got out of Pod 67 was, you know, books are important, but I, there, there seems to be um, leaders need leaders. Everybody reads John Maxwell. Everybody wants Norman Vincent Peale. Everybody wants to win friends and influence people. And, you know, if you really get desperate, Tony Robbins, that kind of stuff. But I, but I, think, I think all of us, um, you know, leadership is leadership. We can kind of put those principles, I think, to, to one side and just really drill into why is it so important for, for you, Jenny, to have those, those personal relationships? What are you getting out of that? Are they, and I, I guess I use this phrase, but are, are they sisters? Are they mothers? Are they daughters? Are they all the above? What is, your, what is the role they play in your life and why is it so important for for Dina and, and other women to, in leadership to have these relationships? Yeah, yeah, great question. And it, it really is all of the above. And, you know, I think sometimes we'll approach, especially when we talk about like mentorship or coaching and we want like this really formalized role. Well, you know, relationships are, so, are organic in so many ways and yet they do need to be purposeful. So, you know, what I often see for women in leadership is we are, we are so busy handling the responsibilities coupled with the other hats we wear because you know we disproportionately uh, according to statistics right we disproportionately still take care of stuff at the at home and with the kids and so forth so when women are in higher positions of leadership they are still they're juggling a lot you know and and i'm sure there are men who have the same dynamic but what i see from a lot of women in leadership is that they're wearing a lot of hats and they're trying to juggle a lot of things so one of the things they often cut out is their relationships with people that would bring life and energy rather than be taking from them, you know? And particularly those that are moms, I know that you feel this very, very distinctly. But um, so being purposeful about the relationships is what's really key. And they're still gonna be somewhat organic, but we have to be intentional with it. And so I particularly like Oreo cookies. Um, And so I'm gonna use the Oreo cookie for an analogy because that's one of my vices. Um, And it's, I think it's like the Oreo cookie. We, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm that fabulous cream in the middle of the cookie, but I need somebody on one side of me who is a few steps ahead of me, pouring into me, developing me, coaching me, willing to say the hard things to me, et cetera. 
and I need somebody on the other side who I am doing that with as well. And because a lot of times what I hear from women in leadership is that they don't think they have something to give to somebody else. And, and I also hear women say, uh, I can't find anybody to coach me or mentor me. And it's because we don't think we've arrived ourselves, but the, the kicker is there is always somebody we're a couple of steps ahead of. So if you can visualize yourself as that Oreo cookie, and yes, you absolutely need somebody coaching, mentoring, developing you, and wherever you are, you also need to be intentionally pouring into developing, coaching somebody who's a couple steps behind you. And that's kind of the way I approach the key relationships that I need in my life is, and I need some more people who are right here in the middle with me, just making it a double stuff. You know, if I just keep it, <laughs> you know, I need the people who are just in there with me, my peers, but I do need the people on both sides of that. And if I have some, now that will ebb and flow, but I'm always aiming for having um, people in each of those roles in my life. And that has served me well to this point. So I, I guess I would refer back to you and, and ask you to, you know, what, what are issues to you as a woman in leadership? Now, our leadership team ranges from men that are older than you are to our sons to kids who grew up on our couch that are in their 20s and so forth. And I, I think it's probably easier to lead the 20-somethings because they were kids on our couch and played in our backyard. But leading the guys that are my age or older presents some special challenges. What, what sort of questions would you have, Jenny, about leading older men? Yeah, I think you said it um, earlier when you were talking about, um, you said it last week, when we were talking about you leading the directors and how most of them were older and everything. Yeah. And I find that men that are older than me, they either look at me like I'm their daughter. And so they want to encourage and build up. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they have yeah. the eyes to look and to call things out. And then you've got those that are, oh, little lady, you should be home. Um, you know, and that there's such a balance in mm -hmm. that. And um, is that, are there times that you just have to say, I'm sorry what your opinion is. This is what God's called me to. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm going to do. And you have to trust that I'm only leading where I feel like God's leading me, you know? Yeah. Or do you like back up and say, okay, I'm going to honor this person uh -huh. by um, not doing what they've asked you to, but you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. um, right. yep. what's the balance? Yeah, the yeah. balance yeah. there. Yeah, great, great question. And I would say it's probably pretty nuanced. Um, so I think for me, it's looking at that individual and trying to understand, so, you know, uh, just that whole adage of seek first, understand, right? Like of like, okay, what do I need to understand about where he's coming from? Um, and, you know, I can think of there was one gentleman on our board who, you know, he just grew up in a different generation and a different era. And so that I, I just needed to understand where he was coming from, that it, it was foreign to him to have women at a board meeting table with him. Right. And yeah. so just trying to understand, not not excusing it, but trying to understand it. And and similarly, in some of the other relationships, just trying to understand their heart or their motive. Um, and sometimes that, and, and I, I say that again, this is what has worked well for me is in those moments, I lean in and try to get more time and, you know, get a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them just, to, just to, you know, ask more questions, mm -hmm. lean more. But, um, I make sure that I try to keep my conversation, my posture at, 
in the role that I play. So if they are trying to treat me as their daughter or little sister, or, you know, I am, it's, I'm not trying to be, um, uh, have a bad attitude and like be like, I, I'm trying to approach it in a healthy way, but I'm also aware of the boundaries of if I am the executive director, whether I were a female or a male, how would I react to this individual? And I think that's important of like, don't, don't play the role that they're trying to put on you, play the role that you are. And yes. so coming back with, you know, hey, so-and-so um, really need the board report minutes back. Um, they were due on such and such, you know, can you give me an idea of when you'll be able to send those in? Just a simple example, right? But like, because they might not be as um, respectful of my role, especially in the early days. And that's why setting the boundaries is really key. Like, what is the role? And then keeping the boundaries of that role intact. Now, there have been occasions where if I had difficulty getting somebody to respect my authority in that position, on occasion, this is the exception, um, on occasion, I have said to my, in this case, lead pastor, hey, can you give me some insight? Can you give me some, some support here? Because I'm having difficulty getting this person to follow me. And occasionally there was appropriate place for him to um, just kind of remind everybody of my, and transfer that trust to me. So, you know, so it is helpful for men who are in uh, senior leadership roles to understand that you can help transfer trust by by just clarifying the authority that you've given that woman in that place of leadership. So there's a little, just a little side nugget there. But I do think it's individual, I think trying to seek to understand them, but then that maintaining healthy boundaries of this is the role and these are my responsibilities. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I've been in a meeting and people assume I'm taking notes because I'm the female. Mm. And I won't, yes. I won't, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, or, yes. Or, or that I'm going to order lunch or, and I don't do it. Right. As a because, man, I'm embarrassed that I'm slowly working myself. <laughs> and, and here's the tension. And I think it's important for you guys to hear this because this is a real tension for women in leadership because we are all called to be servants, right? I mean, Jesus modeled the life of a servant. So the tension for us as women in leadership is that sometimes we will, that will be pushed upon us that we should do those servant roles. Um, and we don't want to not have the heart of a servant. And yet we do need to help set appropriate boundaries because if a dude were the executive director, you would never ask him to order the lunch, you know? Yeah. And so, so it's a real tentious spot for us. I, I, Dina, I don't know if you can resonate with that, but there's a real challenge of going, I don't want to lose my servant heart. And yet there are places where I am, I feel diminished because I'm being treated and, and not that those roles aren't, imp aren't important. So I'm also not trying to diminish right. those functions, but it isn't, that isn't the highest and best use of my gifts in that room. If I've been entrusted to be executive yeah. director, um, there are some things that need to be delegated to other people. And I hope the heart of that is coming through right, but it, that's okay. a real challenge. It, it, it is, you know, if I could just interject real quick, I think it's a stewardship thing. I, th I think you may have said the word stewardship there, but if we can, I, I think if we can think about what we're talking about in the realm of stewardship, it's not that yes. you're unwilling or Dina's unwilling to do those yeah. things or yep. Jim or I are unwilling to do them. It's about stewarding the, the gifting that God has given us, stewarding the time that God has given us, 
And, yeah. and, I, and I think if I can look at it through the lens of stewardship, it helps me with yes. boundaries, right? It helps me to play the, you said, you said play the role that you are. Right. That's mm-hmm. powerful. I think that's powerful for women in leadership. I think it's powerful for men in leadership. Um, because so often, I remember as a young lead pastor, Jenny, um, playing the role that other people thought I should play. Yes. And that got me into big trouble emotionally. Sure. Um, so it's a, that's a great word, not just for women. It's a great word for all of us. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, so Jenny, I have a question for you. What, as you look back on your leadership journey, what were like maybe one or two of the biggest lessons mm-hmm. you've learned? And I know yeah. that might be hard to, to totally pull that out, but I'm thinking you, know, say, you could pick the top two. How many hours do we have? <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, yeah, th- certainly there are a couple of threads or a couple of themes that stick out. I think one of the biggest lessons is the importance of self-leadership. Mm. And this is just kind of a theme for me of, of we have to lead ourselves well to lead others better. That, um, that, and especially as we find ourselves in more in higher positions of leadership, if you will, there are fewer people who are right at the ready to coach, guide, direct. That's why we've got to seek it out and be purposeful with it, like I said before. But um, nobody else is responsible for your development. Right. Ultimately, you're responsible for you. And I think learning that and learning that relatively early has been really important to my growth as a leader, not that I've gotten it right by the, at all, but like that just understanding of, I have got to lead me and I am the hardest person to lead by the way, you know? And so that means leading myself emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, in every dimension of life, I've got to be intentional to say, am I doing my best to lead myself well? And that of course means utilizing the resources, obviously seeking the wisdom of God, getting the right people around me, but nobody's going to do that for me. And I think that aha moment of you're responsible to lead you is probably one of the most important things that I've learned um, in leadership. Um, I think the other thing that stands out is that the recognition that leadership isn't about you or for you as the leader, Um, that leadership is about others. It's about sacrifice. And I think our culture in general gets this wrong. We idolize leadership as position and power. And granted, po- positions come with leadership responsibility. But I, I have a deep conviction. In fact, there was a Barna study that was done um, last year that said that I think it's like something like 85% of young adults think that we're in a leadership crisis because there are no good leaders. Now, if it's like, it's right in there, somewhere around 85%, if that percentage of young adults, and that is ages like, uh, I think it was like ages like 25 to 35. So it's not like teenagers. It's like people in their early stages of uh, career and leadership themselves are saying we're in a leadership crisis because there are no good leaders. That is a deep conviction as somebody who's devoted my life to leadership development and saying, our upcoming generation, our younger leaders are saying there are no good leaders. Um, there, there's something wrong. Something is broken in our perspective of what leadership is. And I think the conviction that just God has put on my heart is that leadership is sacred work. It's yeah. this opportunity to influence others. It's influence means the, 
the power to change or affect someone else. And that should, like, there should be a soberness in approaching a position of leadership. And so that recognition that leadership is not about me, it's not for me, it's not for my success, it's not for my praise, it's not for my glory. Like if I really embody that, which I don't, by the way, I get this wrong more than I get this right. But if I could really embody that, that would change that perception of leadership. I think how people perceive leaders would radically change if that's the, the, the posture that leaders led from. So those are, those are two. Uh, Jenny, on the last podcast, you talked about a cohort that you, you lead. Dina's mentioned a book that you've written that she's really enjoying. Could you tell us a bit more about how to, how to connect with what you're doing, what God's doing through your ministry, your, your, uh, your organization? Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. Um, I would love to stay connected with all of you that are listening. Um, on social media, I'm Jenny Catron, so J-E-N-N-I-C-A-T-R-O-N. So you can find me on Facebook, Insta, all the, all the social platforms. Um, you can find me there. And then the website is getforesight.com. It's the word get, G-E-T, the number four, and the word sight, S-I-G-H-T. And uh, we publish articles weekly. You can get on our newsletter to catch that. So there's leadership stuff that we're publishing. There's free resources and stuff there for leadership development. The books are featured there. And then there is a women in leadership cohort that starts in early February. That's just a six month online cohort for women in leadership that we'd love for you to check out. So that's the best way. You personally lead that cohort. That'll be your, your face and your voice leading that every time. It is. Yes, that's correct. I co-lead it with another uh, woman mm-hmm. named Allie Worthington, but um, we're both always there. It's always the two of us. So yeah. Right on. Great. John, any closing thoughts you have? Uh, you know, Jenny, just one more quick question for you. I, 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 and I hope uh, I don't, I don't uh, surprise you with this one, but if, if you would, could give one piece of, of advice to a young woman who is aspiring Mm-hmm. to leadership what would you what would you say ah i would say be faithful to who's in front of you mm-hmm. um all of uh, all of my leadership opportunities and some of my best growth happened when i was very present with who god has given me influence with right now and again, I think it's kind of our nature that we aspire for what's next, you know, um, uh, and part of that is I'm an Enneagram three achiever who loves to, you know, achieve and climb to the next rung on the ladder, so to speak. And I think we all have a bit of that in us. And I don't think it's all wrong, but I think there's a, there's a, a right sizing of that. But I think being faithful to who has God given you influence with right now and being present and engaged to serve them well. Never forget, I had a mentor say to me at one point, Jenny, how you steward your influence directly impacts every woman who comes behind you. And it was just kind of this startling like reminder that what I'm doing right now is influencing somebody. And so am I aware of it? And am I paying attention to it? So it's not the, the size of influence, it's the intentionality with the person right in front of you. It's the intentionality with the sphere of influence you've been given. And that would be my encouragement. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. And Dina and John and to all of our listeners, thank you so much. And viewers, because this is now not just available on, a, on an audio podcast, but also a video podcast. So we are grateful that you've decided to take this time and invest it with us. And we hope that you'll join us again real soon as we continue to lead from alignment.